This is Parker Jameson from Starkill. This is Vicky Sarakis from The Agonist. This is Tyler from Begath and Nephilim. This is Dallas from Narcotic Wasteland. Hey, this is Steve from 200 Stab Wounds, and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Check it out. Back metalheads to another episode of the Great Metal Debate Podcast. It's Xander yet again, and I am here with the lead vocalist Danny Rodriguez from the band Through the Eyes of the Dead. How are you doing? I'm doing pleasant. How are you doing? Awesome, tackler. So my colleague, um, he sent you guys the email, and apparently the tour hasn't been going very great due to car issues. Uh, what exactly happened? <laughs> it, the tour has been awesome. It was just today, the last day. Um, not to talk your head off about it, but you know, wake up at 8 a.m., break down at 10 a.m., uh, sit in 100 degree weather for an hour and a half, wonder <laughs> about your life. <laughs> um, and what was crazy was um, uh, this band that we're on tour with right now, Tracheotomy, the uh, opening band, it's their first tour. They uh, randomly showed up. We don't have any other numbers or anything. They just randomly showed up, they spotted us. So they were able to take um, four of us, uh, you know, at least to like a gas station to just kind of hang out while the other two band members uh, kicked it at the at the van because AAA was only able to transport two band members. And um, we get to the gas station. We're trying to figure some shit out. A bunch of mechanics are closed. Uh, you know, we're grinding to figure out how we're going to get to this show. Um, Luckily, we're by a truck repair shop, able to, you know, walk across the street, talk to a mechanic who was very fucking cool. His name was Charles, um, and he said that he can help us off the clock. Um, so, you know, shop closes, Charles fucking drives an hour away to pick up a part, comes back with the part, works on the car for two hours, we get the part, van's working, sick, now we got our fucking four-hour ride. You know, head straight to the venue, War 4 wraps up, just walk the fuck on stage, and uh, we're able to play our last show, so that was awesome. Special shout out to Charles the Mechanic, thank yes. you. They would not have been able to have their final show of the tour without you, so thank you for that. And Tracheotomy. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Simon, their vocalist. He's, <laughs> they passed us by and they all said that if it wasn't for him saying, hey, that was uh, through the eyes, uh, that would have... You know, they, they, they could have easily just passed us by another van and trailer on the road, you know? Yeah, so special shout-out to that band, too. Uh, they were pretty sick. But, yeah, that really sucks, dude. Um, I hope that you guys have a safe trip home. And I think I heard Justin say something about driving all the way up to New York. Yeah, so we're all in, we all live in different cities. So oh. <laughs> uh, I'm from Chicago. Justin's from Philadelphia. Uh, Mike is from New York. Steve is from North Carolina. And uh, so <clears throat> we have to, I have the, uh, I'm lucky because I'm getting a, a flight out of Nashville tomorrow to Chicago. Uh, I feel for these guys because I got to drive all the way the fuck up to New York to drop Mike off all his gear and then have that drive back to uh, North Carolina. So, and then they're dropping off Justin in New York, who's then driving to New Jersey 
It's just a motherfucker, man. Like, I mean, we. It been, sounds like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> On the Metal Archives, it said that you guys started in South Carolina, but I guess when you guys must have moved and then Justin with the with the lineup changes. You yeah. Know. Justin, uh, Justin moved from South Carolina to Philadelphia, probably like I'm gonna say like ten years ago. I'm not. That's probably not accurate, but um, yeah. Band originated in South Carolina. Um, obviously, a lot of member changes have happened since. Um, but yes, the inception was South Carolina. Speaking of the lineup changes, how long have you personally been in the band? I mean, I know that uh, your first album with these guys was... Uh, uh, Skepsis. Skepsis, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, since 2009, um, straight out of high school. I'm like, pretty stoked about that. <laughs> um, yeah, 2009, so, you know, uh, 14 years. Uh, how did they find you after Nate's departure? Uh, I found them, uh, Power of MySpace. Um, it was pretty funny. At the time, I tried out for The Faceless, and um, I didn't have access to, like, much, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I was out of high school. I was 18 years old, and um, it's not like I had money to go to a studio and do something proper for The Faceless. So my tryout for The Faceless was pretty raw and not well accepted um so um i was pretty bummed about that at the time and ironically my buddy's like don't be bummed the uh through the eyes of the dead needs a vocalist and you know your lows are pretty good you remind me of nate johnson try out for them so i tried out uh on my i reached out to them on myspace and uh i tried out for them three times um it was like a battle between me and two other guys, and I was basically sweating on their decision for two weeks. Um, they ultimately decided to go with another guy, and uh, I was fucking crushed. It's like, fuck, that was like my golden ticket. And then uh, randomly, I'm, I'm hanging out with my two best friends in the backyard, just drinking on a random summer day in Chicago, and uh, Jake, the bassist hits me up on AOL Instant Messenger for you uh, grandfathers out there. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he tells me, hey, what are you doing? I said, hanging out. He's like, can I call you? He calls me. says, hey, can you be here in Virginia tomorrow to try out? I said, absolutely. I had to pay for a $500 ticket last, literally last second. That was all that I had in my savings because I'm 18 years old. And $500 is a lot for an 18-year-old. And... Uh, Flew out, tried out, they liked it. We went and we uh, had a little band bonding moment. We saw a fucking journey at the Virginia Amphitheater. Later on that night, I got fucked up, did some funny stuff. I think the band appreciated the funny things I did and uh, history ever since. So what can you tell me about your previous bands like uh, Between Man and Machine and uh, Ergani and... Um uh, Between Man and Machine was a high school band. Uh, we <laughs> wanted to sound like Through the Eyes of the Dead, Black Dahlia, and Behemoth combined. This is 16-year-olds deciding this. <laughs> and uh, we used to cover a lot of Dahlia. We used to cover a lot of um, Through the Eyes. Every day after school, we would go to uh, our friend's house, JP, um, and practice. And I shit you not, we would play Unhallowed by Black Dahlia front to back like every other day after school. Um, so we we felt like we were a little advanced 
Um, and, you know, shit fell apart with that band, and then half the members of that band joined, or Joni, which was uh, a band that I kind of started, um, and we wanted to mimic Beneath the Massacre. We were 18, like 17, 18 year old, 18 year old around this time, and uh, just trying to, you know, do some technical death metal stuff, trying to be like, what the Capitated did in, when, when they were 16, just put out some like, oh, some like eyebrow raising music as young kids, you know? And uh, so we did that for a while and, um, you know, or Joni sort of led me, not led me, but just my passion for screaming kind of led me to, um, you know, reaching out to Through the Eyes and Yo, you know, they picked me stage. up. We gotta take this picture. They picked me up and, uh, you know, um, I was able to join this band just off of, uh, you know, I guess. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we're going to take a quick break because uh, apparently you're needed on stage real, for, yeah, real quick. Yeah. All right, and we're back. So uh, you've told me about Between Man and the Machine and Arjani. Uh, what can you tell me about Roman Ring? Uh, Roman Ring uh, was a initially a band called Small Town Murder that was from Chicago that was signed to Media Scare Records. I don't know if anybody um, is familiar with that. Um, they, uh, I forget what exact bands they had on that record label back in the day, but uh, I really looked up to those guys. They were slightly older than us in, or Joni. And uh, just, it was a local band. It was my favorite local band from Chicago. Um, five, six years down the line, they lost their vocalist. I was actually on tour with Through the Eyes doing our Skepsis run when Nate asked me if I was interested to uh, sing for them, which I 100% fucking was. So uh, joined them and uh, just uh, a band that, you know, tries to, uh, we all have good musical taste and uh, I'm pretty proud of the material that we put together. We have uh, a full length called Babel. It's uh, out there on Bandcamp and YouTube, and also an album that we we released uh, around the time COVID hit, um, called The Halogen that I'm very proud of. Um, so that's out there for anybody that's interested to listen to that. Yeah, I'm sure that you guys probably get this question a lot, but Through the Eyes of the Dead is that from the Cannibal Corpse song called Staring Through the Eyes of the Dead? Um, I can't fucking speak officially on that because I joined the band, uh, you know, halfway through their tenure. Um, Justin, I think I asked him this question and I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Uh, uh, but then again, Justin is like one of the biggest Cannibal Corpse fans that I know, so I'm, I'm probably wrong on that one. So I think that a lot of your fans were introduced to your music through your second album titled Malice, myself included. And that one had a very straightforward death metal sound as opposed to Bloodlust. I think that you guys may have tried to stray from the old MySpace deathcore era roots by going to sort of a death metal sound. But where you come in, I feel like you guys have really tied together the best of both worlds with Bloodlust and Malice together with uh, Skepsis and uh, the newest album, uh, which was released in 2017. Uh, so um, I guess it wasn't really a question but um it's just something that i noticed and also noticed that you guys didn't have a bassist tonight um did they have any trouble getting here too um 
so uh, to just brush on what you just said, um, yeah, like that, that was that was actually the goal to combine both for Skepsis and um, the Psalmist. Um, you know, I really feel like um, Skepsis has some really good fucking riffs. Um, we were actually supposed to record that album with Eric Rutan, who did Malice, and Malice is just an incredible sounding album. Um, I feel like if Skepsis had Malice's um, production, that it probably would have resonated a lot better with everyone, but it's cool to know that people still like that album, like the riffs on that album. I mean, I think that we definitely like introduced some progressive stuff into that and whatnot, and um, also, you know, just really proud of what we did with uh, Dishamis, which also we did not see any of each other's faces during the inception of that album. We all live in different states. That was like an internet album, so proud of that one for sure. Um, <clears throat> as far as Jake, he, um, Jake decided to uh, leave the band um, on, on, you know, just just a, a very mutual positive note. He, he just didn't want to uh, pursue touring anymore. I mean, he, he had a lot of responsibility um, in this band and, you know, a, a lot of, usually when it comes to, you know, uh, a pack of five people, you know, like most of the time, one or two people really step up and, and, and bear a lot of, bear the cross, I guess, you know, as far as like dealing with all the decision-making, responsibility bullshit. He was one of them and I think he, um, I think he just was kind of done with that and, you know, so I, I we all respect his exit in the band. Um, we uh, decided to just go straight bass tracks on this run, and and you know it's it's been working out. Um, and and I think that you know we'll probably just decide to go that route in the future. I mean we've had the luxury of having a really good fucking sound guy on this run, Marshall, um, who's been absolutely killing it sound wise for us. It's almost like people kind of forget that. You don't have a bassist on stage, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been working. So we're pretty happy about that. Going back to talking about Skepsis, one thing that I definitely noticed a lot of is uh, that there's kind of a signature drum sound too. There, there's a lot of breakdown moments, uh, and I think that you guys' breakdowns are unique in that way because they might only last a couple seconds worth, where uh, you'll get like a miniature double bass kick drum. A part where that part would be like just really highlighted in the song, like for example in Failure in the Flesh, uh, after you say, that drop of the part, it's like, oh, that is sick, you know. And then I heard that again on the song Skepsis, and I was like, fuck yeah, except it was longer, it was at the end of the song, yeah. And so, um, with that being said, do you think that you guys have achieved the sweet spot in musical structure dynamics? Um good fucking question um yeah i mean i think that that i think the way we utilize it is tasteful and um i think that it's almost like uh, a signature for us like that kick drum i think if you take the kick drum out of through the eyes of the dead it's not through the eyes of the dead hell no uh, uh, i so think that yeah. that's what gives it the sad especially the way it's tuned too yeah so for sure yeah i think that is definitely our little trademark and we uh keep it going and and mike is a motherfucking beast when it comes to those feet i mean he is he is he flies with those feet it's awesome that we have him and what he's capable of doing uh, probably does the swivel technique the swivel ankle 100 <laughs> percent. and he didn't do that before and he just adapted you know like he just progressed and uh 
it's awesome. It's awesome when like what he was doing originally was already fast. It's like wow, that's that's really impressive. And then to just take it to the next level is just awesome to see somebody do. Like I mean, it's like okay, well, thanks. I play fast. I think I'm gonna play twice as fast now. And he did it. It's really cool. I know that your old band would play a lot of Black Dahlia Murder covers, but what would you say would be your other influences and what made you want to start doing vocals? The Red Chord immediately comes to mind. That album, Clients, uh, yes. blew my fucking mind. Play um, the tarp. That is... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny is Guy is probably, the vocalist of that band is probably my biggest influence, at least at that time of my life as, as, as a high schooler. And it's funny because he said his biggest influence was, uh, and, I, and I'm, I don't know why I'm drawing blank right now, but the vocalist of Suffocation. Um, Frank Mullen. Frank, yes, Frank. Um, well, the, he's now the previous one. Uh, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. But he said, you know, Frank was his inspiration. And um, I remember we toured with, we did, we did that run with Suffocation, Decrepit Birth, Flesh God Apocalypse, and The Faceless back in 2010. Fuck and yeah. I saw <laughs> Suffocation every fucking night. And it was just like awesome hearing Frank's menacing vocals. And I, I, I thought to myself every night, because I, I hung out with Frank a few times and he, he was really cool with me and all that. It's kind of I, I hope that Frank fucking saw something in me uh, as a vocalist, where you know, like, like, hey, this kid's good, you know, and like, I feel like the same, the same way with Guy, like, you know, like, it's like you have your peers, and 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 or not your peers, but you know, people that you look up to, and it's like, to, like, I hope that you know, to 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 get like, uh, to get. A compliment from somebody that you look up to is like the greatest feeling in the world. So I kind of drifted off on that one, but <laughs> the red cord, <laughs> the red cord is my uh, inspiration. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the band started in 2003, which I know that you weren't in the band yet, but um, you know. Uh, no, it, I, I was a uh, I was a eighth grader. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes you guys some of the first people to kind of like popularize deathcore groups at the time. Uh, would you say that your band helped to be pioneers in the subgenre? You know, um, not. I wasn't in the band at the time, but speaking strictly as a fan, yes. Um, and the reason I say that is because around that time, there was a lot of metalcore going around. There was a lot of Unearth, a lot of Azalea Dying, a lot of Killswitch Engage. Um, Black Dahlia kind of separated themselves from that, just as far as that, that was like distinctly more uh, death metal. Um, but at that time, that those were the bands that people were listening to. Those were the bands that were on the rise in that, that era, that like 2004 era. And I remember um, at the time, Unearth, Gasly, Dying, and Black Dahlia were like my favorite fucking bands. And my buddy was like, I gotta show you something. And he showed me Gasly Dying. That's like that. He showed me through the eyes of the dead. And uh, I, I immediately thought, I was like, dude, this sounds like Asley Dying and Black Dahlia put together. This is fucking incredible. And um, yeah, I just, I think that that, again, going back to like that fast kick drum sound and, and just, you know, breakdowns, melodies, you know, there was something there that, that stood out. Um, so yes, genre defining, I, I think I can confidently say that I, I think that they really did something there in 04 that like wowed people, you know, and uh, yes, 
genre-defining, yes, I, absolutely. So out of all the shows that you have done over the years, what is the craziest thing you have seen on tour? Craziest thing I've seen on tour? Um, you know, that's a good one because um, I enjoy my beverages and, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the memory is pretty hazy. Um, craziest thing? You know, this one's kind of weak, but whatever, because it's just the first thing that comes to mind, and it's not even that crazy, dude. But uh, Mike Terry, sorry, dude, I got to fucking throw you out on this one. Uh, he was in Bury Your Dead at the time, and, uh, you know, he was enjoying his uh, party favors every night. And uh, one night in the parking lot, he decided to piss in his own mouth for no reason. And uh, <laughs> it was sick. It was like the coolest thing I've ever seen at the time. <laughs> And then the next day, he was on, uh, he was on uh, Facebook, and he said, y'all ever try to piss in your mouth before? Nah, I didn't. And I thought that was pretty fucking funny. I know that's a weak one, because there's definitely some crazier shit, dude, but uh, that's, for some reason, the first one that comes to mind. So your last record, uh, Dizzlemus, was released all the way back in 2017. That seems like a lifetime ago, ever since yeah. the pandemic. Have you guys been working on any new material recently? Yes, um, we have actually a really good chunk of new material um i i really do think that another full length is in the works it, with this band it's like everything is seems very spontaneous you know it's like i think when justin um feels very inspired and motivated like the songs just start just flowing and um right now we have like four or five songs fully written and they're good man and I, I mean, I think that our, if we put out an album within the next year or two, um, I think it, it quite possibly could be the best one. And I'm not just, I mean, obviously everybody's going to hype up their shit and all that. Um, you know, for some perspective, you know, I will be the first to say that I still think that Malice is this band's best album and I'm not on that album. So that's just some reference, you know, um, I think that the stuff that Justin showed me, um, and just where we are at, like mentally, especially myself, um, I, I really think that our next album has potential to be the best one. So, you know, hopefully it happens, and if it does, you know, I, I, I think it'll be really well received by our fans. Okay, so now it's time for some fun questions. If you could own any sports car, which one would it be? Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, just, you know, short answer, Toyota Corolla, because I'm Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I don't fully get the joke, but... <laughs> All right, so... Uh, if aliens visit Earth, would they come in peace or destroy us all? They're going to come in peace for the first three and a half years, and then the next three and a half years, they're going to destroy us all. All right, yeah, they're, 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 they're going to realize... <laughs> I believe that, man. I, I think you're right. I, for real, I think you're right yeah. on that one. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be like, hey, let, let's give humanity a chance, and then realize that, you know... In, in the great immortal words of Corey Taylor, people equal shit. So, yeah. Um, all right. Shout out to Slipknot. They're they're up and coming uh, small local band. They're gonna, <laughs> everybody thinks they're going to blow up someday. Yeah. Oh, uh, so uh, what are three things that you could buy from a grocery store that would make the cashier give you a weird look? Hmm. Horny goat weed. Uh, double extra large Magnum condoms. Um. That's a good one. <laughs> Bud Light. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say something like a hammer or an axe or something. <laughs> so some razor blades or whatever. <laughs> you know, she's going to look at you like, what are you going to do to her, man? <laughs> and finally, what is the best way for fans to support your music? Um, To just keep listening to us at your own fucking leisure. And if you really like us that much, then keep coming to our shows. And you know, we'll keep trying to do our things. I, I don't think that any member in this band plays a show um, you know, just to play a show, I think we play a show when we give all our blood, sweat, and tears, you know? I, I think it's like a very mutual experience. We give everything we have, and I think that, you know, the crowd responds to that, and uh, we're just very fucking fortunate that we have these die-hard crazy fans that, you know, we can be inactive for three years and then just be like, hey, we're gonna play shows, and people show up and love it, and I, it's very humbling, and I truly do love our fucking fans. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to give me this interview. Absolutely.